Which undrafted free agents will make the biggest impact for the Cincinnati Bengals in 2022? And is Mike Hilton the best slot corner in the NFL? Plus, Andrew Whitworth apparently wrote a letter to Mike Brown threatening to just leave back in 2015. We'll get into all of it today on Locked on Bengals. You are Locked on Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Rapine. We're part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day, free and available everywhere you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for following. Thank you for turning alerts on so you know exactly when we upload our episodes every day. Today's episode is brought to you by bet online bet online has you covered this season with more props odds and lines than ever before bet online is where the game starts james today we're going to dive into a off-season grab bag of topics one we've been talking about for a while off the air that we're finally going to record today and that's going to be about which college free agent signees for the bengals this year have the best chance of making the team and the best chance of making an impact now you've been there and you've been watching these practices, you're seeing who's getting reps where, who's looking like they're moving well, like an NFL athlete. So let's start with your firsthand observations. Which guys have stood out to you so far in these Open Tuesday practices? I have five guys. Five guys that I think realistically, based on position, uh, potential need, uh, all of these things, I think have a chance to go from undrafted a 53-man roster and there are others that could do it i'm not saying that the other guys if you're undrafted free agents right now listening to the pod don't you know club me in the locker room because i don't think you have a chance to make the team but let's be honest you know the odds are against you so with that said uh five guys and why not start with someone that i think has went under the radar for most and we're going to start in the trenches and we're going to start with the defensive line not the offensive line and it's uh, Tariquius Tisdale, and I probably screwed up his first name, um, but you can you can correct me when you make the team, Mr. Tisdale, because to me, I test from the jump, from the start. I was like, oh, this dude. And then I, I was obviously watching him and others at the rookie minicamp, and, uh, you, you know, Zachary Carter, of course, Jeffrey Gunter, and, and Tisdale just looked really, uh, really good, looked like – he belonged. And I was walking out to practice the other day with Elise Jesse. And guess who was the first on the field? First player. Well, there was one guy and it was number 97 and it was Tisdale. Tisdale's out there. So I, I think that he has uh, a shot given the fact that there are going to be guys like Wyatt Hubert, Jeffrey Gunter that are pushing for a roster spot. I think Tisdale is in that mix as well based on his size, based on what I've seen, based on eye test. Haven't seen a ton, of course. We get that. And we'll see more once OTAs officially begin on, on Tuesday, and I, I can watch him a little closer. Um, but I, I certainly think that he has a, a shot. So I'll, I'll start there with the defensive lineman, Tariquius Tisdale. Very unlike you, James, to start on the defensive side of the ball. Tariquius, it's called a curveball, Jake. Tisdale? It's called a curveball. Tariquius. I, 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 like, I like the chances there for him, and I like that you've brought him up because he can – 
play inside a little bit, and the Bengals are trying to find those guys that are going to play inside for them once you get beyond DJ Reader, BJ Hill, Josh Tupo, and probably Zach Carter, like you mentioned. And Tisdale could be one of those guys. It could be that Cam Sample kicks inside more. It could be that Sam Hubbard kicks inside more if they feel good about their edge guys. If Khaled Kareem stays healthy this year, for example, then maybe they don't need Sam Hubbard to stay outside on the edge and they can move him around more, which they seem to like to do a little bit last year when they had their full complement of edge defenders. And that didn't even include Joseph Osai last year. So if those guys stay healthy, Osai, Kareem, you know, and Sample can contribute, then finding the guys that can kick inside is going to be an interesting little challenge for the Bengals this year in Tisdale. If he can play inside and show that he can hold up and contribute from that spot, I think that gives him a real shot because, you know, it's him and Tyler Shelvin and nobody else that, you know, beyond those four guys that I mentioned are looking like they're going to play inside a lot this year. Yep. No, I, I, I certainly think he's in the mix. And heck, let's uh, let's stay with the trenches because why not? You know how big of a, a trench guy I am. I don't like the flashy skill players. Okay, I'm lying if you're new to the podcast. Normally, I'm, I'm wide receiver you here. But uh, that being said, let's go to the guy that I think most thought I was going to name from the jump. And the moment he signed with the Bengals, it was like, oh, that guy might make the roster. That guy might beat out Trey Hill. And Ben Brown might. And that's the part of it. I, I think back to, uh, and, and if you, you haven't, you should read at least Jesse's uh, report. She did a, an offensive line breakdown on allbengals.com. Yeah, shameless plug. But the reason I mentioned this is because she caught up with Frank Pollock like 20 minutes after practice. Who was Frank Pollock working with? Oh, the, the centers, Ted Karras, and n- not Trey Hill, Ben Brown. Could be something could be nothing. The point is, is that I, I think Brown is very much in the mix for center two, that backup center spot. And uh, given that he had a draftable grade by a lot of these draft gurus, and there was an injury history there, and the fact that he looked at the Bengals rosters like, yeah, I could sign there and hopefully make that team. I, I think he has a really good shot. And of all of these guys that I end up naming, I, I think he might uh, have the best chance uh, certainly like what I've seen thus far, and he is getting uh, reps and working, spending extra time with Frank Pollock after practice. Yeah, and there are some things that he's going to need to work on, as all undrafted guys have. And uh, a guy that I've really enjoyed his draft work this this cycle, draft guy Jared. He did the big boy board, all the trench players and tight ends. And in the draft class, recently went through and watched and put together a thread on Ben Brown. And he notes, you know, the pad level is a little bit high at times needs to refine that hand placement at times needs some work. And so that could be why a guy like Brown goes undrafted who many had a draftable grade on for sure. And he had good tape out there against really high quality competition in the sec, but you're right there. There's another spot there where Trey Hopkins not on the team. Who's playing center besides Ted Karras on this roster. There's a way there again, like the defensive tackle in directly as Tisdale there's a path there for Ben Brown to make the roster I think that's a good call yep no no doubt about it so those are the two to me like head and shoulders above the rest when I think about need potential making the roster how hard it is to go from undrafted to not practice squad that's not what we're talking about we're talking about making the 53 man potentially contributing in some way but there are three other guys uh, that are in that mix to me and I'm just going to group them all together. And we finally get to a skill guy, Kwame Lasseter. 
Uh, looks like he has the most juice of these wide receivers. I know some are going to talk about Javon Highlight and how productive he was, and I understand all of that out of Coastal Carolina. But to me, Lassiter has more juice. He's coming uh, out of Kansas, has more special teams experience, specifically as a returner. I don't really think he's going to beat out Trent Taylor as of now, but uh, certainly someone worth mentioning. And I got two others for you. Desmond Noel, who is a Cincinnati native, went to Coleraine High School. He moves well. And I think it's a really long shot, and it's so funny because I he's a Bengals fan, and now he's wearing orange and black, and that that quick transition has uh, hair, red hair, better than Andy Dalton, red beard, uh, but this guy, uh, you know, he looks like an offensive lineman, moves like an offensive lineman in a good way, and, and so we'll see if uh, if he can threaten there on the inside at all. And then I got one more for you, and this is kind of obvious, but it's going to go overlooked. Uh, in this exercise, I think for most, but Cal Adamitis is obviously competing for the long snapper job. So those are the five for me, uh, Tisdale, Brown, Laster, Noel, and Adamitis as the, the top five undrafted guys that have a, a real shot here to make a push for a 53 man roster spot. And I feel like Adamitis might be third in terms of likelihood out of these guys. I think that it's going to be tough for him to beat up. I would agree with that. I I would agree with that third. he, he, He has a chance. At the very least, the the one other guy, and this isn't exactly 50 50, you know, you know, you're only battling one guy versus, you know, eight guys. The one other guy, and he's not exactly an undrafted free agent is Abu Dharami Suare, who Mm -hmm. the Bengals signed. He was he was playing overseas, I believe. And that's just a name that they went out and got him. It's just a name to keep an eye on, because I think they there's going to be competition for the last corner spot. It's going to be Jalen Davis and. Jeremy Soiree and you know a couple other college free agents potentially in the mix. John Brannon potentially in the mix. Trey Flowers probably safe, but there there could be some guys battling for a final corner spot. It could come down to special teams as well. Coming up next, a guy that won't have to battle for his spot because he's one of the best to do it in the NFL is Mike Hilton. Recently retweeted an article from PFF Anthony who had him as his second best slot corner in the NFL. Is he the best slot corner in the NFL? We'll break it down coming up next. Whether you're ready to pop the question or you're celebrating one of life's great milestones, BlueNile.com is the place to go for fine jewelry that she is going to love. And you got the modern convenience. Not only do you get quality, but you get the modern convenience of shopping at BlueNile.com. They have simple online tools that let you choose the diamond shape, size, clarity, as well as the setting style. Blue Nile's bench jewelers will then handcraft her perfect engagement ring. Each ring is one of a kind, so it's made exclusively for her. So if you're looking for fine jewelry, but you're struggling or you don't know where to go or you don't know what to do, Blue Nile has jewelry ex- experts on hand 24-7. That's 24-7, Jake, if you're looking for a diamond. You need to get the BlueNile.com right now, and they're available via phone or chat online. Every single package comes in a discreet package. So, yeah, if you're living with her, you don't want her to know oh, our birthday's coming up or whatever, well, it's okay. BlueNile.com has got you covered. So go there now, BlueNile.com, and every Locked on Bengals listener is going to get $50 off their order of $500 or more with promo code Locked On. It's that simple. Locked on. You're going to save 50 bucks on your order of $500 or more. So go to BlueNile.com. Don't delay. Use promo code LOCKEDON and you got 50 bucks off any order of 500 or more. 
We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Mike Hilton's a really good football player, in case anybody missed it. And PFF recently <laughs> tweeted on June 4th, who's the best slot corner in the NFL? Mike Hilton found that tweet, and he said, I'm being real. It's dogs at our position. What is me or Kenny Kenny Moore? This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Kenny Moore. Yeah. Kenny Kenny Mo 3 is his yeah. Twitter name. That's, that's what I was getting at there poorly uh but anthony triash uh of pro football focus wrote up the list of the best slot corners in the nfl and it is players that play primarily or most of their snaps in the slot so marlon humphrey jalen ramsey who play outside and sometimes will follow guys into the slot for extended periods of time for for full games at times are not on the list but he has it in that order kenny moore who now plays for the indianapolis colts and Mike Hilton of mm. the Cincinnati Bengals coming in at second. Mike Hilton's slot coverage grade of 84.4, writes Anthony Triash, was fifth in the league since 2017. So over his career, he was second among slot corners in wins above replacement last season. But despite being tasked with much more man coverage than he's used to, than he had played previously in his mm -hmm. career at just $24 million over four years. An underrated signing, I would say, even by us. Maybe we're not giving Mike Hilton enough love, even though we had him on the podcast and he was a great guest. You can go check out that two-part interview as well. Do we underrate the importance of Mike Hilton signing with the Cincinnati Bengals, James? What do you think? No, I mean, when he, he signed, I don't think we did. You know, certainly last year during the season, could, could we have overlooked it some, you know, potentially? Um, but part of why he didn't have any sacks last year, right, is – and he was impactful and had the pick six, had the huge interception against the Titans, which uh, in the divisional round had the pick six against the Steelers. I mean, he had impactful plays, but no sacks, and that, that was one of his best qualities. It's because they had to use him in a different way. And I know Lou Anarumo talked to him about that during the year, and I think that one thing that's hard – and you mentioned the man coverage, but that's hard for proven veterans to do – when they sign with a new team as adapt. So that's the part of it that I think is, is even more um, impressive to me is that Mike Hilton, who's proven who earned a big contract uh, did all of these things in the league for a playoff team in Pittsburgh for, for some of the years that he was there, he was able to say, okay, this is what I need to do to make the Bengals better after getting here. And this is what I need to do to make this defense better. And had the maturity and the skill set and the talent, all of those things, 
to adjust, adapt, and still play at a high level and make big plays. I mean, again, that Titans interception, it gets overlooked. The Titans are driving and getting close to Randy Bullock field goal range, you know, within the, you know, 25 yards are in, which is what, no, I'm just kidding. Sorry, Randy. But you catch my point, and, and, and Mike Hilton made a big play there that helped uh, help the Bengals because that offense was struggling and the defense needed to, to come up big time and time again in that divisional round. Yeah, and he, he made clutch plays throughout the season for them, had his first pick six. Of course, this year, that's a fun one to reminisce about as well. He talked about some of his favorite plays when we had him on and, and talked to him, talked to him about the the Titans play as well. The other guys on the list, just just for uh, you know, full disclosure, full coverage of, of Anthony's list. Jonathan Jones at three, Teron Johnson from the Bills at four, Chauncey Gardner Johnson from the Saints at five, Troy Hill back with the Rams at six. Bryce Callahan, who was for a while the best slot corner in the NFL. He's been in the league for a while at seven. Nate Hobbs at eight. Avante Maddox at nine. Tavier Thomas at 10. So two Bengals corner spots between Mike Hilton and Chidobe and Awuzie, I think you can feel really good about if you're a Bengals fan for, for different reasons. Cheeto is a guy that Luana Rumo felt comfortable moving around the field at times, shadowing with Cheeto. He can kind of do it all. I I think that he's a very complete corner, and maybe we're not talking about Cheeto enough. Maybe we should be talking about him being a Pro Bowl snub more than we did, or maybe this is just off-season orange-tinted glasses talking. But between those two guys, with the versatility of Mike Hilton and the addition of Dax Hill, who I'm excited to see play with Mike Hilton and give them that ability to not have to move their corners around to disguise their defense a little bit more, maybe that does give Mike Hilton the opportunity to blitz a little bit more this year. His pass yeah. rushing, his pass rushing percentage as a, as a percentage of his snaps. We talked to him about it when we had him on. He was he was rushing the passer more than ten percent of the time in Pittsburgh, and in this last season in Cincinnati, he was down to about five percent of his snaps were were pass rushes. So excited to see if he gets an opportunity to do a little bit more of that this year, and see if his reputation as one of the best slot blitzing corners contributes or, or translates to more production this year in Cincinnati. Yeah, to me, that's the beauty of drafting Dax Hill is because he fits with Bates, and we've talked about that, but he's, he's, he also fits with Mike Hilton and can help Mike Hilton, and, and hopefully having a chess piece like Hill can unlock even more from Mike Hilton where you're putting him in the the best, most advantageous situations if you're Luana Romo. So that's the the fun part is I, I'm curious to see how it's all going to look, how it's all going to come together. But uh, no, Mike Hilton, he's right. He is one of the best. And and how about this? He tweeted that out, um, I think, before seeing the list that that PFF put out in their official ranking. And he was like, it's either me or Kenny Moore. And then who was one and two? Kenny Moore, and it was Hilton. And, and Moore was more productive with the traditional stats last year, tackles, interceptions, et cetera. So not not shocking to see him ranked one but uh no i uh, i'm glad that that mike hilton is is second in this ranking and he had a, a big first year and I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's if he's even better in year two here in cincinnati kenny moore and mike hilton were both targeted 93 times between and, and that includes the playoffs for mike hilton but both were targeted 93 times kenny moore gave up 66 catches on those 93 targets mike hilton gave up 65 catches on those 93 targets and generally you see a higher completion percentage when you get the uh, the slot corners 
when you're looking at their numbers. So if that sounds really high, you know, 67% or so, that's why it's just because they're slot corners. Those those guys have a higher percentage of, of passes completed into their coverage. But I just thought that was interesting. Both those guys, 93 targets. So very frequently targeted, leading the NFL, tied for the lead in the NFL in targets in 2021. Coming up next, Andrew Whitworth recently went on the Pivot podcast and talked about his time in 2015 when the Bengals drafted Cedric Abwehi and Jeff Fisher, wrote Mike Brown a letter, and the Andrew Whitworth saga, as it's reported that he might retire a Ram, anyone thinking about he might have retired a Bengal, looks like there there's some rumors that he will retire a Ram as well, so we'll reflect a little bit on, on the end of Andrew Whitworth's time in Cincinnati and this letter coming up next. It's funny, Jake, because you just said Jeff Fisher, and Jake Fisher wishes he was as consistent as Jake or as Jeff Fisher, seven and nine all the time. Because uh, let's be honest here, uh, Jake Fisher was not consistent, the former Bengals second round pick. But you know what is consistent? RockAuto.com, your one stop shop for all things auto parts. And let's be honest, all right, the summer is here. And when summer's here, heat is rough on your car. And that means, well, you need to keep up on the maintenance. And whether it's something as simple as wiper blades or windshield washer fluid or something a little more you know, in-depth that you're trying to upgrade, whether it's just swapping out a fuel pump or anything in between, you can go to rockauto.com right now. They're a family-owned business. They're going to have the part you're looking for, whether you drive a Mercedes-Benz, Jake, or whether you drive a Daewoo, me. So go there now, rockauto.com. See all the parts available for your car or truck. Be sure to write locked on. And there, how did you hear about us, Fox, so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. As we mentioned, today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one sport source for all of your betting stats and sports info. You can find all the latest developments, news, and odds. And the NBA championship is going on right now. Apparently, the Boston Celtics are good. So you probably shouldn't take my advice on betting on the NBA. But if you have your own insights on the NBA finals, well, they've got you covered at BetOnline. Honestly, the Celtics are good. I, I I thought that this was going to be Golden State going away. It doesn't appear to be the case. There's also some NHL conference finals going on, Major League Baseball well underway, MMA, UFC go on all the time, and boxing. BetOnline has you covered for all of it. And there are NFL futures out there too. If you're an NFL-only kind of person, BetOnline has you covered. Go to the website today. You can check it out on your computer or mobile device to learn about all the trends in the action. Bet online is where the game starts. James, somber note, I guess, to conclude the show with this letter that we learned about from Andrew Whitworth back in 2015. He was frustrated. He wrote a letter to Mike Brown talking about, I've been here for 10 years. I've been a leader for your team. I've been a captain. I've played well. He used the words, I'm now at a point where I'm begging you to treat me right. You have a choice. The choice is to extend him. He's looking for some security. Mm -hmm. He threatened to walk away. And the response was, here's a one-year extension. He got a one-year extension and... He, he thought that that was big of Mike Brown to give him the opportunity, 
he said that it was it was what his family needed at the time. It's what was best for them. And so he signed it. I wonder how he I wonder if the one year extension felt like enough to him at the time, given their drafting of, of Cedric Wahey and Jake Fisher. I don't know why I said Jeff. It was in season. It was in season two, by the way, when he signed that yeah. extension. Right. Rare. And and that's when he wrote the letter was in season. Mm-hmm. Just a, a, a dimension to the Whitworth saga, the Whitworth departure that we weren't aware of. And just mm-hmm. for me, put salt in the wound because we've talked about this. And recently when we were redoing some, some draft picks going back in time and finding the draft picks that we would tell Duke Tobin, Hey, don't do that one. Do this one differently. For you, it was Cedric Wahey, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it just, when you see this from Wit, that adds some fuel to your fire there, James. I mean, he he was the heart and soul of this team for a long time. Looks like he's going to retire Ram because he went to LA. He won a Super Bowl there. And again, like I said, just kind of salt in the wound for me. Yeah. It's, um, look, he wanted to stay in Cincinnati. Um, and the Bengals weren't going to pay him top tackle money or close to it, right? And the Rams said, we will, and and that's it. And so when you're playing at a high level, even if you're 35, if you're Andrew Whitworth, he never really had any serious injuries. I'm trying to think. I mean, there was never anything that that was crazy where he missed a year or anything like that. Um and so he's like, hey, I can keep playing and keep playing. I bet he could play this year if he wanted to. And now he's not going to. Uh, why would you? You just won the Super Bowl. And he told his family he was done. You know, I, I, there was a after Super Bowl 56, he's on the field. There's confetti everywhere. He told his kids like that was daddy's last football game. And and so he knew then and he knew before that game. But yeah, it look, it's the reality. The Bengals got it wrong. They got it wrong. And it, it took them a while to recover and Still not sure. I mean, I think they've recovered at left tackle. Is Jonah Williams as good as Andrew Whitworth would have been over the past couple of years? No, but it's really hard to find the next Andrew Whitworth. And that's why the Rams kept paying him and they would pay him again if he wanted to come back. And they'd probably pay him in 2023 if he wanted to come back and be, you know, Tom Brady of the offensive line, which I think he already was. And so it's easy in hindsight to rip the Bengals. And I did at the time, like when he signed there, because it's like, well, what, what the hell are you guys doing? Just tear it all down now. Like you're not going to recover from this. And that era didn't, but they slowly tore it down. And it took time and it took a, a coaching change. And it took Zach to say, hey, we, we got to get rid of some of these old dudes. Um, but overall, it's it's one of those things where sometimes breakups are ugly. And, you know, the, the Bengals, they don't get – Joe Burrow if Whitworth stays around. They don't because everything changes. It's a snowball effect. Like if, for example, the Cedric Abwehi thing, if they don't take Cedric Abwehi and Jake Fisher and they take Shane Ray, who was a bust to, or Bud Dupree, who was a bust to, and then um, the, the receiver out of, uh, out of Tyler Lockett, who they should have drafted instead of Jake Fisher, they needed a receiver then. Well, then it's a snowball effect. You don't take John Ross. You're not looking at Will Fuller in the start of the 2016 draft. Uh, all of these things change, and who the hell knows where they're at, but I don't think it's Joe Burrow. And so it led to some painful times, but hopefully that that pain is gone now that they uh, th- that they landed Burrow and Chase and all of these other guys. But, yeah, it sucks. I mean, losing Wentworth, it sucked because he was still one of the best left tackles in the league for for many, many years 
like a half a decade, basically, uh, after uh, after leaving Cincinnati, which I wouldn't have guessed. But but credit to him. He was uh, he was awesome in L.A. Yeah, the fact that he made it five more years. I mean, even at the time, right, you're thinking, oh, he's going to go. He'll play two more years out in L.A. That That's a rationalization at the time. It was uh, he, he's it sucks that he's gone. I wish they would have kept him. Probably doesn't have that much left in the tank. What would have been the the rationalization that would have been common at the time? And he he had plenty left in the tank, and it wasn't even a massive deal. 2017, he signed a three year, eleven and a half million dollar deal. If you no, think he could no, have no, been, no, it was three years, thirty six million. Three years, eleven eleven and a half per year, thirty five yeah, yeah. total. Yeah, sorry, per year. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. I'm not. Yeah, sorry. I'm not saying it was 11 million total. That would be <laughs> ridiculous. Uh, it, it, no, and, and it wasn't a crazy. You're right. It wasn't a crazy deal. Um, but 15 million Bengals, guaranteed. Like they they could have done that if they thought he was a good player. Sure. In, in the third year was basically, if he's not good anymore, they could have just cut him. And obviously mm-hmm. he was good, so it was a steal. I think they extended yeah. him after the first two years, anyways. But he was extended in 2020. The the Rams are going to be have some small cap implication to his retirement because of the extension, but I would say they think it's worth it. Five years with the Rams, and uh, hey, he won the Super Bowl there. Probably got himself into the Hall of Fame with that Super Bowl win. Hopefully, got himself into the Hall of Fame. So it's not all bad. It's not all bad for Whitworth. It's unfortunate that it came against the Bengals. I think that oh, it's all good for Whitworth. It's all great for Whitworth. Yeah, it I mean, worked out very well for him, honestly. Gained, I mean, gained himself some publicity, won himself a Super Bowl. He's probably feeling pretty good about his decision. Made himself some money. I mean, for a guy that is looking like a potential Hall of Famer, he was never paid at the top of his position, which is interesting to me. Maybe maybe back a long time ago, before some of the salaries really boomed, he was near the top, but never at the top. Never... Never a $30 million deal like you're seeing some of these tackles signing, $30 million a year, some of these tackles signing today. But it was interesting to learn about the letter, and I thought we should talk about it. So we did. That's going to do it for this episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. The Bengals practice on Tuesday. A reminder, we're down to three days a week at this part of the offseason. But we will have coverage coming off of Tuesday's practice, which James, of course, will attend in person. We'll talk about what we see as the offseason program continues and ramps up a little bit more intensity coming this week and next week, assuming that these practices occur as scheduled and we don't see Zach Taylor potentially release his guys early again. But we would probably know about that by now. So we'll have that coming your way on Tuesday as part of our three-day-a-week schedule. Until next time, Bengals fans, day and have a good one.